Hello, everyone. Hello, my dear fellow participants in this dialogue about health, healing, health maintenance, consciousness, morality, spirituality, search for meaning, and night dreams. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Um, as I announced the last week, today we'll talk about night dreams, and I encourage you to prepare your night dreams so you would call in and I could work with them uh, here on the air. Uh, if you have your night dreams, if you prepared, please call now so I would, I would start right away. And I tell you, meanwhile, while I'm waiting for someone to call, why it is so, so important to understand your night dreams. Yes, I spoke about them many times, and I said that the night dreams are not only a reflection of who you are at this moment of dreaming, but also a blueprint of where you're going, where your consciousness is moving you. That's one piece of knowledge, but I will tell you another, I believe something as a useful, uh, maybe even essential piece of knowledge. And that is, if you understand and master your ability to work with your night dreams, you also can know and understand anything that happens in your everyday life, whether it is an event, physical condition in your body, or emotional uh, condition, uh, emotional experience that you're going through. I will focus on it a little more later, but I would rather now receive your calls if there are callers and if you have, if you prepared your night dreams, I will take them. I will take the call now. Any calls? No calls so far. Well, a uh, couple of more words about night dreams. Uh, and if there are no callers, then I will go to another subject. Um, how do you learn, how do you utilize understanding of your night dreams for understanding your everyday reality? Very simple. Remember the principle, underlying principle of working with your night dreams is the same principle that is uh, a foundation for understanding face reading or morphology, human morphology, as we spoke, or anything I do in my work in terms of mind-body integrative therapy. The principle is uh, expressed most beautifully in the Chinese sign uh, yin and yang. Remember, blue, black within white, white within black. That which is inside is outside, that which is outside, inside is inside. So the inner and outer mirror images of each other. And that was expressed, of course, uh, in, by Indian culture by uh, in the statement that which is here is there and that which is there is here. That which is not here is nowhere. Uh, or the Hebrew star, one triangle looking up, one looking down, as above, so below. Uh, but Hebrews were not original, they were repeating something that uh, Egyptians were saying 2000 years before them. Remember before Hebrews appeared on the scene, uh, 
Egypt was already a regional superpower, or at least for 1500 years. So all cultures that we know uh, understand this principle that inside and outside are mirror images of each other. So your night dream reflects your life. And then if something happens in your waking life and you don't understand what the root of it is, uh, why it's happening, all you need to do, and that's why it's so important to master your ability to work with your night dreams, all you need to do is to look at whatever event is happening in your life as a night dream. Because what do we do with a night dream? We always see everything and everyone in a dream is a part of, as a part of you. And when things happen in our waking life, I'm talking about everything, uh, what president we have in, in uh, running the country, environmental problems, excuse me, <clears throat> or what literally whatever happens in our private life and in the big scene around us, all that is a reflection of us to smaller or greater degree. So all you need to do is to see whatever is bothering you, whatever concerns you, as a night dream, immediately becomes super clear. So, for example, if you call now and say, I don't have a night dream, but there is a number of issues I'm dealing with, and I will guide you through these issues as if they were a night dream, and everything becomes quite clear. That's been my experience. Uh, okay, so I don't have callers. I don't know why, because uh, I thought it was a great idea. Nikki came up with this idea. Nikki wrote to me uh, in an email that it would be nice to allocate one, one of the shows um, to working only with, with night dreams. So I was hoping Nikki would call or anybody else, but I don't get the call. So let me, hopefully somebody will call, but for now, let me focus on something else. I, I started last week also talking about uh, happiness. And that's also in response to someone's email, a person who wrote, how, how can I be happy? Uh, and I heard it a number of times in my office uh, when people come in and I say, what do you want? What is your intention of being here? Uh, some, of course, tell me about specific challenges that they're dealing with. Uh, but some say, uh, I just want to be happy. And as my teacher, uh, Colette, uh, said, happiness cannot be a goal. It is only a consequence which means you may decide to become a lawyer, uh, and as a consequence, you may be very happy or miserable. You may decide to go to Honolulu, and as a consequence, you may be, feel happy or not happy, or in, in between, you may feel a little happy and a little unhappy. All depends on what you do in Honolulu. The same thing with everything, every dream, every fantasy, every wish you have. If you pursue that dream or wish, as a consequence, possibly not only of, or, or even of consequence, but as a result of the pursuit itself, you may feel 
happy or miserable. It also depends on how you interpret that pursuit. Remember Epictetus, the philosopher of Greece in 2,400 years ago said, it's not the things that uh, or events that affect us, but the attitude that we take toward them. So our attitude also will affect how we feel and whether we feel happy, fulfilled, uh, satisfied. Again, I, I would like to, I wouldn't mind us to have a little dialogue about what happiness is. Uh, and again, if anybody wants to call and share with us the understanding, uh, you'll be more well than welcome. Uh, um, now, when I'm challenging somebody else, I'm questioning, actually, what comes to my mind, uh, what happiness is? Uh, what comes to me right now, this very moment, is possibly it's fulfillment or fulfillment slash happiness. Uh, happiness is... Uh, no, that would be more success. Yes, the definition of success would be having what you want and being happy with what you have. Yeah, that's, that's what it would be. And what is happiness? Is It's uh, a state of fulfillment. We go now around, but... Uh, Satisfaction, uh, enjoying the moment. There is no. I don't believe there is such thing as, uh, at least on our regular human level, as perpetual happiness. There is uh, contentment. Uh, there is uh, acceptance of life, and. It's possible to live with joy, but uh, very few people can attain that joy. Joy about everything. There is actually what comes to me right now uh, is a little story uh, I heard a while ago. Uh, in the religious community, uh, a rabbi is walking and smiling and is so happy. And everybody knows that he's a teacher, but he can barely feed his family and he's always smiling and finally one of his students walked over and said Rebbe explain to me please you are so happy uh, and yet you don't have basic things you don't have money to feed your family how can you be so happy and he said look every morning we pray thank you God for giving me all that I need and if what I have, God sees as what I need, so how can I be not happy? Um, it's immediately other thoughts come to my mind when I actually am saying this, and that is, um, what about making an effort on your behalf to to feed your family? But also, I am kind of dialoguing with myself, uh, playing both sides. He probably would say, uh, but I'm a teacher, and I am doing what I am supposed to do. 
that's what an engineer would would be doing engineering work and god wants me him to make um, to make him happy uh, very wealthy he will be wealthy and if god doesn't want him to be wealthy he will not be wealthy but we have to do what we know we have to share with the world what we have so i am a teacher a rabbi and i'm sharing with with the world what i know whether I receive more money or less money, it's not in my hands. If God wants me to receive more money, I will receive. So therefore, I continue doing my work and I celebrate my life because I'm happy because God is giving me exactly what I need. So let's for a moment think if we assume this attitude. For sure, we'll be uh, um, contented. We'll celebrate life. And I, I wish I actually I, I looked up on the internet the word happiness and the different definitions of happiness. I, but I did not. I did not. So, uh, but to me, happiness uh, can be probably equated to full state of fulfillment, contentment. Uh, I'm not talking about ecstatic experiences. A lot of people look for super special experiences. Uh, and that's, that's temporary, uh, like falling in love, for example, you can be you can love somebody, that's a continuous state. But falling in love as a, a journal, um, Bernard, um, uh, George Bernard Shaw said, uh, falling in love is a state of temporary insanity. So, uh, yes, you can be for a while in this state uh, of temporary insanity, and it's exciting, and it's wonderful, but then you have to go back to normal life. And if normal life is miserable, you stay miserable. If your attitude is miserable, if it's you're never satisfied with what you have, then no, you're not you're not a happy person. So uh, yes, we can have ups and downs. We can have uh, exciting experiences, but that's not happiness. We know that. Um, let's say you you wanted this super special car, and finally you got it, and at that moment you're on a high. But after a couple of weeks, a couple of months, if your, your happiness depends on that possession, uh, a couple of months later, you are no longer happy. So uh, you may have, you may be encouraged, uh, intoxicated by special experiences, but this definitely is not happiness. I would say happiness is awareness of things being just the right way. And, and that, uh, I have to say, depends on, on your spiritual beliefs. It doesn't mean that people who are atheists cannot be happy, but, and I would like to interview somebody who is an atheist and how they find happiness. But in my understanding, happiness is also understanding that there is meaning to life. And Whatever happens, you're not alone, you're being guided. To me, guided by, by God. God is uh, 
present in everything that happens, good or bad. Uh, so let me let me think. Let me talk to you about the obstacles to happiness. Uh, I read this wonderful book by Dennis Prager. Uh, it's called Happiness is a Serious Problem. And he mentions one of the obstacles to happiness, and that is when you want, when somebody wants to be completely satisfied, he actually mentions this experience of reading an ad. If you are not completely satisfied with your sex life, call this and this number. And he thought, that's an incredible ad. It's a very enticing ad and most people will call because we are never human beings and never satisfied completely. So let's say if you are not completely satisfied with your car, even if you love your car, there could be something else. If you are not completely satisfied uh, with your furniture, it could be better. If you're not completely satisfied with your husband. So if you pose this question like this, so almost everyone will say, well, yeah, I'm not completely satisfied, so I could do better. And if you're not doing better, then you're not happy. If your um, happiness depends on this being completely satisfied, so then you're doomed. Because no matter what you have, it will be not enough. And we know people, and I know, in fact, I know somebody who is a billionaire. And this person, uh, a couple of years ago, told me, I told him a story, um, you may appreciate it, about, written by Anton Chekhov, called Cantaloupes. And that was about... Uh, in Russia, uh, a man who was uh, uh, an official and was receiving a distant salary and saving money and thinking when one day when he has 100,000 rubles saved, he can just retire and do his thing that he he, uh, wished he would do he fantasized about it. He just wanted to grow cantaloupes. And so years passed and, and he was making money. And finally, deep inside, he already knew very well that he had this 100,000 rubles. But yet he felt just a little more. And then just to make sure that it's enough. And then he will retire. And for sure, he will start growing cantaloupes. And then one day he came home after work, he lied down and died. That's the whole story. And it's a very powerful story because he was waiting to do something that will make him possibly happy, but never, never started. And I told this story to my billionaire uh, client. And I said to him, listen, when are you going to grow your cantaloupes. And it was maybe um, October or November. And he said to me, I work. And he was already a certain age that he could retire. And um, 
he said, you know, I'm working on this deal. I'm promising you in March, I'm going to work on, on building my garden so I could grow my cantaloupes. Because you're right, uh, I have more than enough for me. And this person doesn't have a billion dollars. He has many billion dollars. Um, so, and in, in fact, his wife complained that she never spends time with him, with him, and he claims that he loves her. And in truth, he does. He totally non-judgmental, wonderful husband. But she very infrequently sees him because he makes all these deals. So uh, I have to tell you, this conversation happened, as I said, in October, I think it was 19, uh, 2000, uh, 2018, I believe, maybe 2019. Uh, and by as of now, I have to tell you, he still makes yet another deal. And at one point, uh, he got himself involved in some big, big deal and said to me, you know, but you don't know how after I'm gone, my children will be smiling, receiving these big checks because I because of what I did. And, and I was thinking, okay, I cannot push a person doing something that they don't want to, I already said my piece, this is it. But what's the difference? Okay, they, they, they will, his children or grandchildren will have a little more money, but he's not living his life. And some people, unfortunately, unlearned how to enjoy life. Uh, unlearned or never learned. But I think that uh, somewhere in our early childhood, most people know how to be happy, know how to enjoy. And that is what they what they play. They don't plan any, about anything in the future. They, they're not uh, tied to the past uh, with all the resentments and guilt. They're just playing. And that's, that I would say a moment of happiness when the child when you see a child being completely and totally engrossed in what this child is doing. That's fantastic. They, at that moment, they're happy. Here is my answer. Uh, if, you've, if you've seen a child in play, if they're excited, uh, they're happy. And actually now when I'm thinking, I remember living in the world of fantasy and, uh, and at the age of 10, 12, uh, with, with a group of my friends, and we played, believe it or not, we played uh, military and military and KGB. KGB at that time was something very special. Everybody wanted to be an uh, officer in KGB because they are best protectors of our way of life, which was, of course, we were indoctrinated. It was the best of the best of the best. Um, and we all had different roles to play. And I remember going to bed and being excited to fall asleep so in the morning I would wake up uh, uh, and continue our game. During the summer we spent all days playing this game and, and going to the beach and, and imagining there are uh, scuba divers, uh, 
the enemies who were coming from through the Black Sea and where to catch them. It was incredible. It was a couple of summers we played this game. And I remember that. I was so happy. Uh, but I have to say, even that also came to an end. And I can tell you that I'm happy when I go to the beach. I grew up on this uh, on the sea, and when I go to to the beach, I feel happy. Uh, how long does it last? While I'm on the beach, and I already learned that my age is my with my experience. I learned not to think, even if something bothers me, if or some concerns I have, when I'm on the beach, I just. This is my vacation. So, and now, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I probably told you that I'm in Florida. I've been in Florida almost for a month. And on Sunday, I'm already going home to New York. But because I have a chance to swim every day in the pool here and, and I go to the beach, I would say I'm much happier at certain times. But the rest of the time, I would say I'm contented. Uh, and that, that's for me, is wonderful, not to be miserable, because I find that most people, again, through my experience as a therapist, but also observing life, most people, most of the time, are not happy because there is something that bothers them. So let's look at the next thing. As I said first, is uh, never to be being satisfied. Another thing is... Um, uh, imagination. You heard me speaking of imagination as being a wonderful, powerful tool for creating health. But imagination also can be like everything else. It can be quite negative. Everything has its um, opposite poles. That's a, that's a law of reality, the law of polarity. Uh, heat and cold uh, inner and outer, uh, light and darkness, and so on. So uh, anything, um, nuclear power, uh, now when it's contained, and uh, as we understand, more or less, no, not more or less, but quite safe as nuclear um, uh, power stations uh, can be productive, and most European countries use nuclear power for energy, and yet it can be the most destructive force on, on our planet with capability now to destroy life on our planet. So the same thing with imagination, it can be very positive and powerful, life enhancing, it can be used as a tool for healing, but it can be also very destructive. That is having uh, doom and gloom images. And be, some people are simply addicted to doom and gloom images. In fact, it's easier to be negative than to be positive. I don't know if it's been your experience, but it has been definitely mine. Not only because uh, you would say, well, it's your experience because people come to see you uh, with their problems. Not that I, I'm a person, you know, I live social life, I met a lot of people in life. And also, I know my own life, the tendency is to see negative. It's very interesting that in the Bible, actually, it's written in the portion called the Noah, after the flood destroys people, um, God, it's written, God thought 
I will no longer curse the earth because of the man. For the imagination in the man's heart is evil from his youth. That's the phrase. The imagination in the man's heart is evil from his youth, which means um, there are negative images, uh, as I said, the evil images, uh, whether it's to steal or to hurt somebody else or to, um, uh, to lie, all this. That's why, in fact, uh, we would not need the commandments, Ten Commandments, uh, if we were all perfect and we did not have this negative imagination in our heart. The need for the commandments is precisely because we have a tendency to do the opposite from what these commandments uh, require. So, so as uh, going back, and I don't want to get excited talking about commandments because it will take me a couple of hours. If you know, if you remember uh, my nephew Vladimir and I had four hours of talks on Ten Commandments and their value. But let's stick to these images that we create uh, that may be negative. That is, the, when we think of something, very often obstacles come up. Uh, and you can think of different reasons why it is so, but the reality is it is so, because that's how we are built. Uh, it's a part of us. It's not all of us, but a big part of us has, and very often it, it takes over. It controls our life. That big part of us makes us focus on something negative. Uh, I, I think I shared with you, I believe, last week or a couple of weeks ago, where I shared with my nephew about my concerns regarding my daughter who is in London. And he said, why do you create images? Why do you create these stories when you, you don't know uh, what will happen? The future doesn't exist, but you're already making up stories that affect your well-being and your health and possibly create negative energy that may somehow affect your daughter as well. And I immediately snapped out of it because he was totally right. So this capacity to create negative images uh, is, is very strong. And our job is to do this. Like I said, I snapped out of it. We need, once we recognize that we have some negative thoughts, uh, doom and gloom scenarios, we have to say, oops, oops, that's it. There is nothing else, no judgment, simply oops. Uh, I'm looking, nobody is still, nobody is calling. You know, when, when nobody calls, I sometimes feel, is there anybody? Is anybody listening? Uh, I hope you are, and the studio tells me that a lot of people are listening, but for some reason I don't get your calls. Anyway, so so images that we create that, that are negative, how to deal with them, as I said, you simply acknowledge it's negative image, and you say, oops, that's it. You can flush the image down the toilet. But also, uh, positive images can be uh, not to our benefit. And those positive images are expectations. That is, attachments that we create. We create some image, and uh, 
we we expect this image to be fulfilled whether it's i have to become uh, an, an accountant uh, two years from now and so you invest all your energy and you're already thinking about what firm you will be working or how much money you will be making uh, in from spiritual perspective that's called um, violation of the second commandment it's written they shall not make graven images of any likeness and what happens is when you create that image that clear expectation you begin to sacrifice a human life in this situation your own life on the altar of this expectation whether it's my son must be a lawyer or i have to make x amount of money and so then all your energy goes on that let's say you decide that i want to become a medical doctor or i want to be uh, in that place or do this and then you meet somebody you meet somebody and let's say you are single and you're interested in this person but you already have this graven image you know oh i have to be i have to be in california i cannot spend my time maybe this was an opportunity of your lifetime but you cannot be bothered because you you already attached yourself to that image of the future and you sacrifice your now that is full of possibilities uh, on the altar of that image that's called expectations i think at one point i spoke to you in one of the earliest shows uh, about expectations and in just something came to my mind uh, regarding the negative images and negativity that so often overwhelms our life lives uh, i actually wrote in a book uh, i think you know the taming the debater within and it's on my website you can check it out uh, there i talk specifically about these images that we create and the voices that we hear that often take away our joy from from living in the moment and create doom and gloom scenarios but so i will not talk about it because i spoke about it before and there is a book that you can download as well uh, what else what are other obstacles oh let me see ron from florida oh i think i know who this ron is i already spoke to him one time ron welcome you on the air yeah Hi, Ron. Yes, I'm here. Last time we spoke about dreams and uh, people who yes, dream. Yes, yes, I remember last week. Nice to hear from you, Ron. What's up? And I was, I was feeling, I was feeling kind of bad because you said nobody called, so I figured I'd call up. Uh, oh, that's and, so uh, nice. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. <laughs> Do you have a dream to share? Oh, you know, I, as I get older, uh, we're the same age, and uh, I just uh, always have these very vivid dreams now. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I don't know which world's real anymore. Uh, when you ask me to remember one of them, that's, you know, I really, I, I really should start keeping a journal, because some of these dreams are fantastically interesting, and others are so boring, I'm like, I might as well wake up. <laughs> then that's a lucid dream then it's a lucid dream if you are able to think while uh, dreaming you see more, more and more I can I, I realize I mean a lot of times I'm awake and I realize you know this world isn't completely understood 
so how real is something that you don't completely understand? Mm. And so I, sometimes I feel like I'm going to take a nap so I can go to the real world. You know, Ron, you know what you are saying? Just, in, just imagine, imagine this. You are living in, in the year 2020, and you are sharing it with me and with our audience. But over 2,000 years ago, a guy in China by the name Chuang Tzu had exactly the same thought. In, in fact, he wrote a little poem saying, Yes, yesterday I woke up and remembered that I was dreaming that I was a butterfly fluttering happily above my lot. And then I thought, am I Chuang Tzu dreaming that I'm a butterfly? Or am I a butterfly dreaming that I'm Chuang Tzu? <laughs> so that's exactly what you are saying. You know, that's, that's so human. I, I am, you know, we don't know. We don't know. What, what I learned from my teachers is that night dreams are parallel reality. One does not create the other. We do not create night dreams. Night dreams do not create us. It's a parallel reality. One informs the other. Does it make sense to you? Well, I, yes, I agree. And I, I was just going to say that the things that we believe are real in this world through our five senses, yes. and some people say a sixth and a seventh sense and so on, and then there are people who have out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences or somehow beyond the body. My mother, uh, some years before she died, she died at 95, so uh, mm. some years before that, she said, I can't believe it, uh, she, she was sleeping and she found herself on the ceiling looking down at her body. And that, at that moment, she had a moment of humility to say, you know, maybe my son is not nuts because he believes in mm. such things, and now I've had the experience, so maybe he's not so nuts. Because mm. so, I was always telling her, you know, that these things were possible. Yes. And, of course, until people have experienced something, they doubt it. They think, well, he's bragging, or he's making it up, or he likes to tell stories. And... Mm -hmm. There are many dimensions, according to science and math, and yet people, because they haven't experienced beyond something, it's, it's very hard for them to, they're even uncomfortable with anything that makes them look like they don't have the experience. And so instead of maybe rejecting my parents over, uh, you know, ignorance and their prejudice, I should have said, you know, there are just people who, are uncomfortable with something they don't understand. And I, too, have these moments where I'm not comfortable because I don't understand, you know, many things that, that, are, that are taking place. And so we, we look for little clues. And one of the clues is when we dream, we have a moment of clarity or a moment of looking beyond ourselves. And maybe, maybe they're clues. Maybe they're little pieces that we hadn't considered. Uh, so that's just a comment. I don't want to talk too much. Because... No, wrong. It's so good what you just said. Remember, you you heard, you listened from the beginning of the show today. Uh, no, 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 I uh, I I kept the kept it on, so it was on, and oh. then I had somebody came over. Yes. Oh. Okay. So I, I was interrupted in by another dream. What did you say? I'm sorry. 
I, I, I was interrupted by another person who's like a dream. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. you see, that's exactly what I was talking to in my introduction today, that one of the ways you can use understanding of your night dreams is to understand your waking life. Let's take, for example, this moment today. You intended to listen to this uh, podcast. Then I was cleaning the kitchen, and I heard I heard you say nobody called, and I thought, you know what? I don't want to bother him, but on the other hand, <laughs> he's asking for somebody to call, so I'll I'll call up, and I have nothing to say. Thank you. No, no, no. You you everything you say makes absolutely no. But sense. I'm, I'm saying my my thought before I call is I have nothing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think about think now about your day today as if it were a night dream. For example, you were interrupted, you put on the show, and then your friend, did your friend call you or knock the door? No, he, he, came, he came right over with some vitamins. He came over and uh, we had a long talk. His sister just recently died from a car collision. And, you know, we were just, uh, we, were, we were talking as two okay. buddies. So just now, let's look, let's look at this experience as a night dream. So... We, when we look at the night dream, we always ask, what is the, the main, number one is how you feel upon awakening, but here we know you didn't wake up. But um, what the, another question we ask is, what's the drama of the dream? In this situation, we know it wasn't a dream of what waking reality, but we use it as a night dream. So what is the main event when your friend came? Would you would you answer it again? The the main thing is to have somebody come visit. Right. It's very very moving, uh, especially this guy. Very very friendly. What's and the first thought also, that comes to you about as a human being? What's the first thought that comes a, to you about a, this he's man? He's a he's a real, very kind, very generous, very good natured, uh, down to earth person, okay. and uh, it's just good to see him. Uh, I, I, I often wonder why he likes me, because he's so, you know, he's like an angel. But uh, that's probably my thing. Anyway, I, no, no, let's I don't really know that there's a difference between the, the dream world and the real world as far as what is real in the bigger picture. In other, in other words, the huge Wrong. picture of things. We think the unreal worlds of the dream are unreal. But we don't know that any more than we know how much of this world is, I mean, you know, when you go really small, you get lost. I mean, you know, microscopically. And when you go really big, you get lost. So we, we really don't know many things beyond what we can touch. And so it's and even those things we don't know everything about. So we're, you know, which, which world is really real? We just think of dreams as unreal, but I'm not sure that other dimensions are not crisscrossing and just like radio waves, uh, everything coming from different directions and you pick up a station, you go with it. Uh, who's to say that radio station is real or maybe it's coming from a time that doesn't exist anymore, uh, you know, if it, if it was from another, you know, uh, galaxy. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we have a very narrow view of what reality is. So I never disrespect a dream just because it's not quite you know the definition of real of course i can't spend my whole life here 
dreaming of, you know, dreams because I have to clean up. I have to do take care of things. But let's try to do something, Ron. I'm trying to see how to to demonstrate to people actually how uh, a waking reality can be a clue to understanding uh, ourselves by utilizing the waking reality as a night dream. You see, like your friend right. came and you, you just gave me a beautiful picture of this friend uh, who is like an angel. Now, but it, he didn't come and start talking to you about a fishing rod or a car. He spoke about vitamins. Tell, tell me no, what the well, vitamins uh, that, I told him, you know, these are good vitamins. He brought them over. He, okay. he wasn't familiar with them. And then we talked about his you know, sister who recently passed mm -hmm. uh, from an auto T-bone collision horror, you know, horror story for the family, very close family. And we talked about uh, some business things that are happening in the area. You know, we, we talked and, and fixing his mower. That was a, you know, the uh, gasket. So Ron, we, we talked, we, we talked like two friends. Ron, did you, did you have any loss in your life? Uh, not so long ago. Uh, well, define loss. Loss, uh, not necessarily from uh, uh, an illness, uh, possibly from an illness, possibly from other in uh, from other situation. Did you have any loss? Uh, well, our life is full of loss and gain. Uh, you know, two years ago, my mother passed, but many people would say that was not a loss mm -hmm. uh, because she was very cruel. But we, we, uh, I've, I've always had issues going on because I'm not exactly what people expect, and mm -hmm. so you know, I don't, I don't dress the way they dress, and I don't always think the way they think, and I might ask too many questions or mm -hmm. interrupt their comfortable state, which mm -hmm. I'm careful about. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but uh, no, I, I, I can't say I've had uh, any loss that comes to mind. No, okay, but your I've friend, like a number of times. what I'm trying to do is to use this visit to look at it as if it were a night dream. And in a night dream, everyone is a quality of you. Which means, whatever you say. Well, this was a gain. You know, maybe maybe game. much in my life is a loss, so I don't notice, you know, mm -hmm. that I'm okay. So losing certain things, but I'm yes, also good. gaining certain things. So it's it's kind of an unusual question for me. Mm -hmm. uh, let's look. If we look, yeah, like if you want to call it, we play a game. That everyone in the in a night dream or in this experience is a part of you, which means this person would not come in your life if you did not have those parts in you, which means caring, all the wonderful things that you said about this man. You see what I well, mean? Well, I'm always, I'm always helping him beyond what a, what a normal person would do. Right. So because so, I, I'm, I'm retired and I like helping people and uh, I care for him because he... He appreciates it, which is very important to me. If I if I help somebody and they don't appreciate it, uh, it's difficult for me because then I say, you know, someone else would appreciate it. So I'm 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 hesitant always to, you know, help somebody who's going to be angry at me for helping them or or 
difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I try and be around people nowadays rather than when I was younger. I try and be around people who appreciate being helped. Yeah. But it's interesting. You characterized him as a... Would you repeat again the things that you know about this person as a human being? Would you repeat those qualities? You already said it one time, but would you repeat them? Well, if you think of a person who helps people, is very generous, uh, very kind, very thoughtful of their feelings, uh, just goes out of his way, this is his nature. And and that's you him. feel it. That's him, right? But remember, once he knows same, you, the, the qualities that you just listed, more than likely can be said about you. Probably that's what he would say to you about you, you see? Because what I am saying is he would not be in your life if you did not have those qualities. Well, I think he does more for me, and I have been trying to help him so that I don't have that guilt that I'm not reciprocating properly. Uh, you know, we, I, I just I have that I have that guilt that if I don't do something to help somebody who's helping me, I, you know, it bothers me no end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, if if you have guilt, uh, I think that's that's not not a, the be, the best quality to have to live with. It's much healthier to to act out of just impulse of giving without guilt, which means you give because you want to give, not because you have to. Guilt means you owe somebody and you don't really owe well anybody. i mean it's i have to find things that i can be helpful mm-hmm. uh, especially to somebody who has so much already trying to help them i i think one of the things he he does like is he likes to have somebody to talk over the stress in his life with uh you know business is, is stressful is people stress are stressful what is the stress so i do help him that way but uh, sometimes i feel like i should do more but what is I the don't stress know in his life? What well, the stress is he runs, he runs a business manage, managing uh, hundreds of people who are impoverished and they need work, and he helps them when he can to find work, uh, which is a big job, and he just has a lot of government paperwork. That, you know, whenever you're helping people nowadays, you've got to fill out a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. So that's what he... That's, you know, in a business sense. In other words, he's not a charity, he's a business, but he helps okay. hundreds of people. Well, and you know, then you are indeed the mirror image of each other. He's helping people and you're helping him. <laughs> That's. I feel very loyal. I feel very loyal to him. You know, this is one of the reasons I, I stay here, because I probably could go anywhere in the 50 states or beyond that, but I just stay here because he is a good person and I, I value that. Mm-hmm. You see, the, uh, if you don't mind now, I would like to address address uh, our listeners. Remember, as I said that, uh, in the past, the night dream can be either reflection of where you are or uh, a message that something needs to be corrected. In the situation with Ron, and again, when we, if we look at the event of this morning, or, or no, the afternoon, but his friend is visiting him, we looked at it as if it were a dream. And what do we see? This is just a reflective dream. 
or reflective event where he's a giving and loving person and the giving and loving person comes into his life. It's just a reflection of where he is. But let's say if Ron would tell us that something happened where he was attacked. So we would look at it again as a dream and we would say, well, there is a part of you, Ron, that is be attacking you. And then we would begin to question what part of him is attacking him, whether it's through judgment, through some kind of negative action, uh, maybe overeating, maybe smoking, whatever it is. And so the dream... Well, my, my lawyer friend, if I can interrupt, my lawyer friend yeah. says that many parts of my life could be a, a miniseries or a uh, horror miniseries because I have, at times, trusted people and they have turned to be the most egregious of, you know, personalities uh, that, that I have to call my lawyer. And he has to say, you know, calm down, this person is out of their mind, and we'll deal with it. So I have, and, and, and that's sometimes because I trust, have trusted people, and they see that, and they go, oh, I can take full advantage of that. Right. Uh, I, I have learned so much. Uh, rather than loss, let's look at the word lessons. In the last two years, yes. I've had tremendous lessons. <laughs> so uh, they, there are gains in the fact that I'm maybe stronger uh, and have learned to say no to people that ordinarily I would say, you know, let me help you. But mm. these people have, you know, family members have just done, you know, the worst things. And, I, and it's basically a lot of family members I have not known until my mother passed. Mm. And, uh, you know, she left basically millions uh, to the dog and uh, certain members and left out everybody else, which well, I, I always knew my entire life that this was, that this okay. was, you know, the, the story, but it, it could have been a miniseries. Yeah. Listen, it would be interesting. Now we cannot do it because I have five minutes left to the show, but it would be interesting at one point to take your events of your life, you say miniseries and to look at them again as if it's a night dream and what you would possibly discover, and I don't claim that it definitely would happen, but I'm saying there is a great possibility that you would discover. Well, even talking about it is a discovery. Yeah, just exactly as you're saying. It is like a dream, a life, especially a memory. It's like but, dreaming. But also th these memories are part of your body now. You ex went through experience and they are inside of your body, they're stored as memories, and possibly having, possibly, some negative input on your body as well. What, what we can do oh, definitely, is Oh, definitely. When I've been to different doctors, they said, what memory are you holding in these muscles? Yeah, you see? Oh, well, that's good doctors. So, who understand that there is a, uh, the, the, there is a connection between the mind and memory and the body. So, but what I'm saying is maybe at one other time, we can look at some mini story from your life and look at it as a night dream, not as a actual event in the physical world, but as a night dream. And through looking at your events as night dreams, you may discover or have better understanding why things happened the way they did. Because everything stems 
from us. Whatever we encounter in our life, whether it's deforestation, depletion of ozone layer, violence, crooks, or kind people, they're all reflecting us to us to one degree or another. Anyway, <laughs> Ran, I, have, I want to thank you for calling and not leaving me all alone here because, like I, as I said, you know, I, I don't know if anybody is listening if nobody calls. Thank well, you I did. I'm calling. glad I called. It was very, yeah. very interesting. I'm glad You're I called. Welcome to very, call very again. And again, we'll be, I will be happy to continue talking about your life slash your night dreams. Thank you, Ron. I, I could send an email, too, with some more. Okay, yeah, please. Uh, by the okay. way, for those Thank who you. would like to send me an email, don't have it. My email is uh, drpeterresnik uh, at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K at gmail.com. We have to um, wrap up, uh, even though we did not reach even the middle of discussion of our, um, of what it is to be happy. I started speaking to you about the obstacles to happiness. I don't have, I have um, written a couple of other obstacles, and then we'll talk about uh, attitudes for happiness. Unfortunately, uh, I cannot continue talking about the obstacles because I have the obstacle of limitation of time. So I have to finish up and- uh, Time to wake up, time to wake up. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Time to, to wake up from this show and see what is awaiting us in, in the reality beyond it. Thank you very much for being okay. with me today. I'm looking forward to having your attention next week, uh, Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Um, be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace.